wonderful Radio Flanagan with me, Paul Flanagan. I know, I know. I left you hanging there from age 16. What happened after age 16? Um, because I was doing these little podcasts, wasn't I, earlier on, where I was uh, telling you about um, the early days. What happened in the early days? So, uh, oh yeah, I was at St. Michael's, wasn't I? Yeah, I left St. Michael's. And then I went to a, uh, a sixth form college in uh, in Middlesbrough. Yeah, for those who know uh, the northeast, yeah, Middlesbrough like is in Middlesbrough. And it was St. Mary's Sixth Form College, which, according to their website, was... And I'm reading this, and I've got to take my glasses off. It was established in 1904 as a boys' grammar school by the Marist Fathers. I obviously wasn't there in 1904. I was there a little bit later on, um, from, I think, from about 1980 to 1982. And uh, the Marists were still um, uh, teaching there. The uh, the Marist priest was still teaching there and still uh, running it. I think it changed to be... Um, it was a, a grammar school. It became a grammar school. I'm not going to explain grammar schools uh, for those of you in the US of A and elsewhere in the world, or those of you younger people in the UK listening to this. You can look up grammar schools, find out what it was like. But then it changed to be um, a sixth form college in 1974, and it was uh, you know I went there in about 1980 uh, to do uh, A levels. A levels. Do we still do A-levels in the UK? I can't remember. I, do you know, I, I have no idea now. But um, you, you did sort of all levels, which were ordinary level certificates at um, school when you were uh, 11 to 15, and then you went on to do A-levels, and then your qualifications that you got then would um, sort of propel you on to um, university or or not, or to do um, other alternative things, which I ended up doing, which I'm not going to tell you about this time. <laughs> I'll tell you about the alternative things later on. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting place because I had um, a few older brothers gone there before me, um, and and this was the in- introduction on <laughs> my first class. Right, so this is my first class in a bigger, big school. So now I'm I'm like sixteen, seventeen years old. Uh, the uh, the college has an intake from uh, other Catholic schools from around the area. So I, I'm I'm in a class of about twenty eight people, people I've never met before. This is literally the first fifteen minutes of uh, the first term in this new college, and the guy's reading out the register. I won't say his name, but um, the teacher who be, my form teacher was reading out the register, and he goes down um, Paul Flanagan, and he and he says to me, Oh, uh, uh, are you Joe's brother? And I said, Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, is he in prison yet? <laughs> you are. <laughs> I'd just like to point out that that, that was a joke. <laughs> but it was an interesting way to introduce, you know, one one, one brand new member of his, uh, uh, of, of his um, class to the rest of the class. But he was all right, my form teacher. He, he, was, also, um, he was also a maths teacher. I did uh, A-level maths when I was there. And I remember one time coming back from the pub, which I'll get on to in a minute, because pub, pubs played a great... Um, part of the uh, of the education system at that college, when I was coming back from the pub one day um, after a morning session, and I had maths on the afternoon, and we went into the maths uh, maths class, and do you know what? I was feeling philosophical, shall we say? Actually, it was more more than philosophical. I was I was actually I was actually kind of drunk, <laughs> and we sat down and we were doing um, 
uh, calculus and of course all the time you're always finding out what x was so i put it to him in a very philosophical drunk mood i says to him say says why am i why am i always finding x you know what's what's this thing with x <laughs> and i said yeah i'm never going to get a job finding x am i and you know what he said he said flanagan get out <laughs> so so i left <laughs> Which I thought, you know, at the time was probably a shrewd move, you know, bearing in mind that my mind really wasn't on the lesson, you know, I was not going to get, um, I was not going to get very far with whatever it was that he was, uh, was going to tell me. Uh, but no, it was a good, <clears throat> it was a good time there, uh, a good piece of education. I got some qualifications, uh, and then moved on. Um, so apart from myself, uh, you know, um, there were other famous people who uh, who came out of um, of sixth form, St Mary's sixth form. I think the most noticeable famous person was uh, Mr Marcus Bentley. What do you mean, who's Marcus Bentley? Marcus Bentley, the voice of UK Big Brother. D22 in the Big Brother house. <laughs> yeah, Marcus Bentley, he went to St Mary's. Um, he was probably one of the most famous people. I mean, you can you can look at others there who, who went there, but um, but I guess he was one of the most famous people that was there at the time. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. It was, uh, uh, yeah. You see, the education bit was uh, was it was it was almost secondary actually <laughs> to, to, to 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 the whole thing about growing up. Um, you know, particularly. Um, because uh, you met lots of people from different from different colleges who had different different influences on your life at the time. Uh, one of those in, uh, influences, of course, was uh, drinking alcohol. <laughs> yeah, pubs. <laughs> well, th the thing was, they should never put a college within staggering distance of uh, of two pubs and there was two pubs in particular that were quite close uh, one was uh behind the college so you had the college fields and um there was a beck uh, a beck being like a little stream and um, this this is quite an important piece of uh of the landscape which i'll come to in a minute so you have a beck then there was a, another bit of a field and then there was a, a housing area and there was a pub in the housing area and uh, that was a great pub. I don't know if it's there now, actually. Uh, it's called the Endeavour uh, in Middlesbrough. In Middlesbrough. And at that time, uh, be, this was before um, when pubs could open, uh, you know, licensing hours changed and pubs, you know, places serving alcohol could open, uh, you know, longer hours. But at that time, uh, they were, could open at 11 a.m. in the morning. So bearing in mind that... Uh, you know, we were arriving at college uh, for 9am or 8.45. Um, so, you know, getting to the pub would... Now, what would that mean? That would either mean not going into the college first thing or leaving after first lessons and then going to the pub for 11 o'clock. So I did both of them. <laughs> Over the years, I remember the time. Yeah, I remember the time uh, when uh, I was actually sitting on the steps of the pub, waiting for the pub to open at eleven o'clock. You know how bad is that? Eh? <laughs> what kind of a what kind of an education is that? You know, and 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 just to think, I was the youth of that day that the country was relying on to uh, you know support it in its future. God damn! <laughs> Did they get that wrong? <laughs> 
But uh, it, it was a lovely pub. Um, it was a very local pub because it was just people coming in from the housing estate to drink and a bazillion students from a college. In fact, if it wasn't for the college, I don't think that pub would have stayed open. There's there's a few good things about it. One of them was uh, they had these. I don't know whether if you remember the uh, the nineteen eighties game video game Galaxian. Do you remember Galaxian? But they had it on um, in little tables, like pub sized square tables with glass tops, two player things. So you know you were on one side, your, your mate was on the other. Uh, you had your beer mats on the edge of the table, which some, somehow just turned into soppy rags, because by the time you were violently playing Galaxian, you, you, your beer, I think I was drinking cider at the time, was like splashing all over the tabletop. And, um, yeah, your arms and things would go away smelling of beer, because you, you'd be wiping it off, you know, wiping off like pools of beer off the top so you could see the game properly. God, I love Galaxian. I never got any good at playing it very well, you know, because you you ended up drinking, um, you know, far too much. <laughs> and they also did, it was a standard thing of pubs at the time, uh, was just like chip butties uh, or a bowl of chips. or It was just basically chips, chips, vinegar chips. Um, and it was great. I, I loved uh, I loved going to the Endeavour. And so you'd have a good session in the Endeavour. And um, then you'd head back to college. Now, uh, Earlier on in the programme there, I told you of um, getting thrown out the maths lesson um, for wanting to know about X. Well, that was after a session in the Endeavour. <laughs> but there was, a, there was a good time. There was one time coming back from the pub. Now, if you remember the uh, geographical references, there was the pub, there was the field, there was a beck, like a little stream. And uh, then there was another field and you were back at the college. So it was summer. We did a lot to drink. I was young, I was enthusiastic, I was an idiot, basically. And I decided, do you know what, I'll um, I'll jump the beck. So, uh, being goaded on by all my mates who were also drunk, who, strangely enough, didn't do it. <laughs> but I went for it, so I took a run-up. Uh, I leapt gracefully into the air like a gazelle who was incredibly drunk um i i did actually land on the on the on the bank on the other side but i only landed on one foot and um strangely enough that wasn't enough for stability purposes and uh, i fell backwards on my ankle uh, did something really bad to it and uh, and fell into the beck now the beck wasn't a clean stream it was uh, a bit of a dirty stream um so i basically smelled really bad and I was drunk, and I got back to the I got back to the college, hobbled back because by this time my ankle had swollen up really badly, and I had to get on the bus to go home. Uh, they had like buses that took you to the you know your towns where you came from, and it was about three or four miles on the bus. So it's summer, it's hot. Uh, I'm now starting to get a hangover. I stink, and my ankle is swollen up like a huge balloon type thing. <laughs> so. I've got an Irish Catholic mother. I had an Irish Catholic mother, God rest us all. And uh, of course, that you know, there's 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 one thing that you can never do to your Irish mother, and that's lie to her. And there's another thing that you can't do is like try and bluff your way out of something. <laughs> you know. So I, so I turned up home looking exactly like a drunken guy who's fallen in a stinky beck with a swollen ankle, and uh, and and her reaction was. Uh, <laughs> Well, she was shocked, and she went, Paul, Paul, what's 
great. And what's, what's happened to <laughs> it? Well, I was in the college and I went to. She goes, I don't want to go. <laughs> go to the shower, get changed. <laughs> um, my dad, who was there at the time, was full of helpful support and <laughs> he just laughed. <laughs> Which, uh, speaking of drinks, you know, <clears throat> that's just water, by the way. So yeah, so there was many many happy times spent in the endeavour actually, um, because being a college of you know several hundred people, there was always somebody's birthday sometime, so it was always a good excuse um, a good excuse to go for a drink, and and any excuse would do really. I think it was um, was it was it nineteen eighty when the uh, the first shuttle got launched, the first space shuttle. I think it was, uh, and there's a pub in Middlesbrough. Again, I don't know if it's even there now. Called the, 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 the blah, 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 called the Northumberland, and it was on Northumberland Avenue. And uh, we decided to take the afternoon off and go and watch the space shuttle launch. And we were going to have a quick few pints, watch the space shuttle, and then go back to the college. So uh, we were in there. And if you remember, and you'll have to look this up now, but if you remember your history, uh, there was a delay on the shuttle being launched, wasn't there, because of some technical reasons. So, naturally, we couldn't leave the pub, could we? <laughs> so, several pints later, and I mean a lot, um, we had to stagger back to the college to get the bus. And I do remember this. I, I, I remember it even now. I'm thinking about it in my mind's eye. I was so drunk, I had to hang on to the back of somebody's coattails and and and, and I, I was literally doubled over, hanging on the back of somebody's coat, um, just looking at the paving stones and laughing like a buffoon. <laughs> and that went on. That was a good mile back to the college, you know, across the main road and everything. I just, I was so, honestly, it was really bad. Just hanging on the back of somebody's coattails, <laughs> laughing at the, what, the pavement? Why was the pavement funny? I've no idea. But when you've had a lot to drink, it's amazing what makes you laugh. So we got back to the college, and uh, and that was another one. You know, I, I tried. I was going to come up with the idea of, uh, you know, if a mum asked me why my eyes were so red and blurry, you know, I've been running into the wind. But you know, to be honest, I I couldn't even say running into the wind. <laughs> so I decided the best thing to do was just to admit that we've been to the pub again. She's interesting, actually, because I ended up working behind the bar in the um, in our local Catholic men's club uh, um, up in Billingham, up in the northeast of England. Um, and uh, it does sound strange, Catholic men's club, but initially it was set up just for the Catholic men of the community for them to drink. And uh, and it was uh, Friday nights was definitely uh, men's night only in the Catholic club. That's when Catholic men could get together and talk shit without women folk being around. I'm not quite sure if, whether that's a good thing or not, but 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 you know that's how it was. And uh, and women women were actually um, associate members. <laughs> Can you believe it? Women were associate members and and men were full members, and women weren't allowed in on Friday nights. Except eventually, uh, you know, God with progress, uh, it was decided that uh, women could be allowed in on Friday nights, but they had to be signed in. <laughs> they couldn't just walk in. Um, and I was there the first Friday night it happened. It was monumental. Anyway, but yeah, so pubs, pubs, and pubs and clubs and things played a played a played a big thing in education, uh, particularly back at the college. 
because um, on a um, on a Thursday morning at college, uh, we had an assembly. We didn't have an assembly all the time, and the assembly was usually taken by one of the uh, one of the priests, one of the Marist priests, who was like the uh, either the principal or the senior lecturer of the college. And Wednesday nights uh, was a cheap beer night in one of these um, nightclubs in Middlesbrough called Gaskins. It was called Gaskins at the time. It went through various different names. And um, students from the college used to have their parties there, their birthday parties. So whatever day their birthday was, they just wait till Wednesday night because it was a cheap student night. So come Thursday morning at the college, there was very few people in <laughs> Because we all had hangovers and we couldn't actually get on our buses and get to the college. So one Thursday morning, the uh, the priest who was uh, taking assembly, um, he decided that he'd just have a go at everybody who turned up, saying, you know, how bad it was, all this drink, and, you know, oh, why, do I, why does everybody do it, blah de blah de blah And I was just thinking to myself, hang on a minute, mate, we're here, you know, we're the ones that have turned up, you know, we've got hangovers and you're having to go at us. I never understood. Still, I never understood why. Were you supposed to pass the message on? <laughs> you know, phone up our mates who were still drunk in bed. I have to get in. His father, so and so, is having to go at us. But, um, but, no. but it's, it's funny though. It's funny though that um, it did play did play an awful lot in social bonding with our friends in college. Because you couldn't really social bond in class, could you? Because we didn't have, um, you know, Facebook, WhatsApp. You know all that nonsense then. Um, I mean, what, what, what years? Was, this was like 1980 or something like that. I mean, we barely had big telephones. You know, big mobile telephones. So, you know, we 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 couldn't communicate with each other, and the only way to do it was like in a pub, really. Ooh, that um, <clears throat> that lovely little tinny sound there. <laughs> Pingy tinny sound was was very much like a little uh, radio zinger thing that uh, I used to use on a hospital radio programme I had um, whilst I was at college. I was doing this uh, communication studies course and uh, part of that was you had to get involved, you know, somehow in the media. And I managed to get a slot on um, uh, what was then called Radio North Tees General. I can't remember, the hospital is called something like University College, University Hospital something, North Tees. Anyway, it's in Stockton on Tees in Cleveland. And I got a Wednesday afternoon programme and it was two and a half hours long. <laughs> two and a half hours long! <laughs> and can you imagine talking for two and a half hours? It, well, I, I can't, and I did. Well, I didn't talk all the time. One of the things that I used to do was... Um, uh, because the toilet was like miles away, I'll just this is the toilet story. So the toilet was miles away from the radio room. Uh, it was a good like three quarters of a mile down the corridor through a few doors. So I had to put on. Uh, I remember putting on Don Don McLean American Pie several times, uh, the extended version, um, because I think it's a good eleven minutes or more or something like that, and that allowed me to leg it out the radio room down the corridor, use the toilet, come back before it finished, and nobody was none the wiser. I did like um, I did like the hospital radio, it was quite good, except where it was. Uh, where it was was you had to go through um, all the psychiatric wards, and uh, particularly the ward at the end that you would have a the little symbol on it saying that they couldn't have gas masks, no gas masks could be used in case people tried to, you know, 
uh, throttle each other with the hose pipes and everything, <laughs> which is fine. You know, let's just put the radio room at the end of that ward there. Um, and, and then when you got into the radio room, there was two. Th there was an outer door, uh, and then inside there was uh, were all uh, there was like you know bog standard records and things and all the technical equipment, and then there was the inner radio room. So you had the uh, the inner door and then the soundproof radio room. And the window of the soundproof radio room uh, looked to the outside world and it looked over the morgue. So, yeah, so, yeah, the morgue. So you had to make your way through the psychiatric wards and then you overlooked the morgue. So it was indeed the dead centre of town. Uh, anyway, I never made that. I only made that joke once, actually. Um, and for me, of course, the reason why the um, the the two thirty in the afternoon slot was never filled by anybody doing the hospital radio is because that's when visiting hours started. So I was doing this radio program. I think I did it for about a year, and the only place it was really being listened to was the nurses' quarters, because they were the only people who were, you know, changing shifts or sticking around in the hospital and listening to it. So yeah, I was famous in the nurses' quarters. Well, hey, <laughs> but just like for all the wrong reasons, really, just for listening to the radio. But one of the times during winter, sorry, during summer, it was so hot that you had to leave the um, the 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 outer radio room open you know the outer door open and unfortunately some of the uh, some of the patients on the psychiatric ward were wandering and they would just stare and just look at you through the window and um it was sad i mean it was sad for them but it scared the shit out of me because <laughs> it's like oh, i don't know I've, I, I had to wait I, so i had to finish the radio program wait till my, my colleagues who were going to do the next program come in and take over before i would like open the inner door and like make my escape but it was it was good actually. It was quite good in there. I remember taking a couple of my friends along with me one time, uh, to, and I only took them along one time because one time was enough. Thanks, you know. So these were friends that um, I knew from school anyway, um, prior going to the college, and uh, we had you know socially bonded enough in pubs <laughs> um, that we could have a good conversation of just about anything that we would put our minds to. So I got them into the uh, got them into the radio room, um, stuck them down there put a few microphones in front of them and started a conversation. You know, something like this. We were just talking about nonsense, you know. And uh, zip, not a word, nada. <laughs> I was thinking, come on, guys, <laughs> what's going on? Talk, it's radio. You know, I know you look stupid, but it's not video. It's not TV. Nobody can see you looking stupid. You know, just say something. But it was nothing. It was, it was it was the possibly the uh, the worst embarrassing time of my whole hospital radio broadcasting career, but uh, it was good. I, I did actually um, I had a little theme tune there as well, but I, I lost that. I was trying to find that somewhere so I could I could attach it to this program here, but uh, <clears throat> but no, it was uh, I learnt a lot there actually. Lots of things now that of course just aren't done nowadays because everything's a bit more digital. I went into a, um, a commercial station just a few weeks ago uh, down in Kent and I had a look at the uh, the deck that they had there, and it was something like out of a out of a science fiction program. Um, I mean, they'd paid like hundreds of thousands of pounds for this deck, and it was effectively like black onks marble or something it was all touch sensitive and you had uh, you know all, all the tunes were digital there was no actually record players so you didn't have to line anything up you know there was nothing no labels on the edges of things to tell you how many seconds into the intro before the song started and that kind of thing it was all digitized and they had all the jingles digitized they had uh, social media feed as well they had the telephone thing it was all touch sensitive and it was all right in front of you 
and I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> that looks pretty cool because I think uh, a couple of years back I went on to the um, uh, the Radio Caroline ship um, that had come along uh, down to Essex and parked. You know, I forgot the name of it now. Damn. Anyway, it come along and parked itself, and of course that still has a, a lot of its own traditional gear on, you know, all the traditional record decks. A lot of it's digital as well, but uh, that was really cool to go and listen to it. So yeah, hospital radio. That was one of the. That was probably um, apart from going to the pubs and being social people. That was probably uh, the um, my my best my, my best form of education that I did all by myself. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that cow <laughs> anyway um <laughs> meanwhile back at the ranch yeah and, and and of course when you're in college um you do get um you get to meet some arty farty people don't you um you know you you remember who they were you know um people who like to <laughs> in fact i'll just i'll just digress from what i was going to tell you uh to uh to another story about um i was at a technical college um and it was a college for people learning um uh, marine electronics and things which is the story after this one and there was a girl there in the college who was in the art department and she had this t-shirt on and she thought she was very punk like and 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 there's quite a lot of different logos and things and statements that you can have on t-shirts and hers just said f off i won't say the word because it's a rude word but that's all it said and i thought yeah that's that's uh expressive that tells the world what you think Anyway, um, going back to St Mary's, so yeah, so arty-farty people, and there was always a thing about putting a musical on at college, wasn't there? So I got involved in doing the musical because I just thought, you know, what the hell, why not? You know, uh, it, it'll be good for a laugh. Uh, my mates, these are my friends who have been socialising in pubs for years, um, thought I was a little bit odd <laughs> to be getting involved in this kind of thing, but I just thought, you know, it, it'll be something to do. It'll look good in the CV. It, I never put it on my CV. <laughs> That's my res resume for you uh, non-UK people. Um, so I decided, right, OK, I'll go for it. And they had auditions and everything. And I got into the uh, chorus line because, you know, I can barely talk English, you know. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't exactly um, the world's greatest singer. So. so what was the musical, I hear you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, it had actually been written by... A Catholic boys' school several years beforehand, and had been broadcast on the BBC, and it was called uh, Frank Ass. Sounds a bit of a strange name, but Frank Ass was the story of Saint Francis of Assisi, who I'm not going to talk about now. That's one of those things that you can look up. Um, incidentally, I went to Assisi one time, and it was there, and it's very nice. But that's another story. So yeah, so Frank Ass. And that involved um, lots and lots of, um, uh, you know, singing, dancing, jumping around, dressing up and putting on makeup. Putting on makeup is quite essential here because uh, on the evenings when we were doing uh, rehearsals and on particularly the three nights, which was, I think we did it on a fri uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday of one week, um, I was getting dropped off by a minibus uh, opposite a pub, which was just down the road from where I lived just at turning out time so it'd be about 11 30 p.m and everybody's being uh kicked out and there's um there's that flanagan lad getting off the minibus covered in makeup so you know questions were asked in the catholic club <laughs> they were as well <laughs> uh to me dad uh, chris uh you're a lad there you know so we're makeup on outside uh side the swan the other night you know <laughs> 
No, he's just in a, he's just in a musical. My dad quickly would say, <laughs> but the the, the the musical was actually good. It was I thought it was quite good. It was quite nerve wracking as well because there's one thing to be either standing up in front of somebody, you know, doing a uh, doing a talk or doing a presentation about something, or or even you know sitting in front of a of a microphone chatting away to yourself. But there's a completely different other thing when you're on stage, you're covered in makeup and people are watching you, waiting for you to slip up, to fall off the stage, to make a mistake, to crash into somebody else. Because that's all people do really, don't you? You don't go for the entertainment, you know. You just want to see something go wrong. Uh, I don't think anything did go wrong on this one, I don't think. Uh, did I fall over? Somebody did fall over at one point. Um... But the uh, for me for me the best part and, the, and here's the funny story. <laughs> uh, so for me the best part was um, the after show, the final show um, party. So we had an after show party. Uh, it was in the main hall. Uh, there was lots of um, singing and dancing, and uh, outside the main hall, the, um, they'd set up a big long table. And in the centre of the table was a punch bowl, and there was lots of food, and there was other drinks and stuff like that. But a, but a big punch bowl. This is this is relevant. And uh, if you remember the college, which you don't, so I'll describe it to you. Uh, the, so you had the main hall there. Then there was a big massive corridor off to the left where the cloakrooms and the toilets were. So the toilets were a good um, oh quarter of a mile away, you know. And so remember now, sequence of things hall. Punch bowl, toilets quarter of a mile away. Very relevant, this. So we're in the hall, dancing away, celebrating fantastic, um, you know, fantastic play and everything. Everything's way, ooh, ha, ha. And uh, I went out, had a drink, uh, came back in, dancing around again. Yay, whoa, whoa, yeah. And all of a sudden, I felt really ill. Like, I'd had too much to drink. I was exhausted from the musical, exhausted from the dancing. And I, I was going to throw up. <laughs> So I, I, I excused myself uh, from the girls that I was with, got out, got outside the door, uh, realised I was never going to make it a quarter of a mile down to the um, <laughs> down to the toilets. So, you know, what's what's a boy to do? What, what was the only receptacle that I could possibly be ill in? Yeah. So I went over to the punch bowl <laughs> and I was so badly ill in the punch bowl. And... <laughs> No, no, um, yeah, no, it did. It was gross, and and yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, whatever you're thinking, it that happened next. So, I actually staggered back from the punch bowl, and I was just wiping my face down and everything. And people came out to get a drink, and uh, some people went, "Ah, oh, punch!" <laughs> and I, you know, uh, <laughs> at the time I was still feeling pretty bad, so I, I saw people doing it. I saw people scooping stuff out of the punch bowl and putting it into glasses. And I just thought, do you know what? I'll just let them get on with it and see what happens. And no, no, nobody was affected. Everybody thought the punch was fine. So if anybody's listening who was actually in Frank Ass um, at that time and who took the punch bowl drink and who felt a little bit funny afterwards, then, yeah, that was me. Goats. <laughs> Goats. I really must pay more attention to what I actually press before I publish these things. So, yeah, so that was my time at St Mary's in Middlesbrough. I was there from roughly 1980 to 1982, um, between about 16, 17 to 19 years old. It was a good time. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, then moved on to, uh, to more interesting things to be discussed 
at a later date. Well, that's the end of another show from wonderful Radio Flanagan and me, Paul Flanagan. I hope you've enjoyed it. I know I have. (laughs) And, um, well, I'll uh, catch you next time on wonderful Radio Flanagan.